Creating and rekindling memories. NHR. That is no doubt. And don't speak. Well, if you think don't speak, then it's something unspoken. Uh, and that's a very cheesy, corny link um, to uh, what we're going to be talking about uh, for the next 10, 15 minutes. Something unspoken and a double bill with suddenly last summer at the Nottingham Lace Market Theatre. It's by Tennessee Williams. And uh, I'm very pleased to say that I've got the director of both of those plays um, on the phone. And it's been a long time since we've spoken to Mr Gordon Parsons. Good morning, Gordon. How are you? Hello there. I'm fine, thanks. Fine. Marvelous stuff. Now, great as well. Oh, isn't it just? Isn't it just gorgeous? And I mean, the weather I think plays a great part in, especially plays by Tennessee Williams because I mean, it's deep south. We think hot uh, cat on a hot tin roof, and you know, sort of all that sort of deep southern heat. And uh, we've got that in Something Unspoken as suddenly last summer. And uh, that, as I said, it starts tomorrow, Monday the 26th of June all the way to Saturday the 1st of July. Now then, uh, Gordon, what was it about these two plays that attracted you to wanting to direct them? And are you a fan of Tennessee Williams? Well, yes, um, very much so. I've loved, and I've done quite a bit of American drama. I've done Arthur Miller and The Crucible and Death of a Salesman, and I've done Edward Albee's Delicate Balance, and I just love American drama. And I'd I'd never done a Tennessee Williams, basically, Um, and that's basically what attracted me, Um, and still does. You know, I find him amazingly sort of dense, Dense, really very detailed um, yeah. script writer, and I've enjoyed working on what is actually his last, really his last two, not quite his last two plays, but sort of the last ones that are still being done. And one of the questions there was, you know, are you a fan of Tennessee Williams? But do you have to be a fan of a person's work to have to direct it? Does it help? I don't think it does, actually. I think you've got to be objective and always forget who the um, who the author is. So I, I, I think I mean, somebody once said to me you know, 100 years ago that you know, they direct plays that they know and think they love, and they make a right mess of it. So um, it, it can be difficult because you're sort of perhaps a bit too subservient to the um, writer. Um, and you know, th- this one, I think, summarises... Well, the two summarise one of his main themes, which is there in the title of the first place, Something Unspoken. And that's what it is, you know, delving beyond the civilised veneer, if you like, of, well, people, posh people. One of the reasons in the Deep South, of course, and it, it's set in the Garden District of New Orleans, which was the sort of Park Lane Mayfair area of New Orleans, and I think he's also digging at that and things like that. But, yeah, I've enjoyed it very much, really, in the sort of twilight of my directing career. Um, and, yeah, I'm just one of those little, whatever you call it, bucket lists or something that's meant a lot to me. Great stuff. Now then, the uh, the first one that uh, we mentioned, Something Unspoken, that's two-hander, and it's only, I think, about 30 minutes long. It's something a 30 minutes long, mm-hmm. and it won't be any longer, because I shall kill him if they is. <laughs> no, it's, it runs 30 minutes, more or less, to the second, hopefully, yeah. It's, it's well, it's a little-known play. I mean, not many people, well, no, not, every, not many people have heard of Suddenly Last Summer, but Something Unspoken was actually... Play, written as a double bill with 
suddenly last summer. I thought it might be interesting to find out why. And the theme is the same in both plays, really. Yeah. How we keep secrets. And they gradually emerge, which seems to be where a lot of television is going now as well. You know, sort of things get uncovered. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, that daren't be spoken. Now, this was written in the 1950s. At the end, after he'd done the big ones, you know, Streetcar Named Desire, Count on a Hot Tin Roof, A Glass Menagerie, um, and he's coming, well, I think coming to terms with, but he was homosexual himself. And I think this is what, that's one of the things going out, because in the 50s, you just did not talk about that sort yeah. of thing. And the first play, Something Unspoken, that's a latent theme, but it's also it kind of... Trivial, yeah, a trivial worry. The basic theme is that um, the lady of the house is stood for office in a totally useless capacity in one of the many committees, and um, she's um, stand, you know, sort of waiting the results of her election, shall we say? And she's nerve wracked. And of course, the person who she, her companion, and we can just read into that word what we want, is trying to talk her out of it and not to worry. So we've got a half an hour of wondering whether she gets the job of regent and the diversions there are in music and chatting about something else and saying, no, I'm not nervous, I'm not nervous. No, 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 I don't really want the job anyway, sort of thing. So it's uncovering you know, her lies to herself, really. She does want, I mean, basically, she's an unpopular woman. And that links it very much with Suddenly Last Summer which is also about, should we say, a damaged or two damaged women, which I think is one of Tennessee Williams's main themes, you, you know, Blanche Dubois in Streetcar. Um, so it's, you know, it's very damaged, mentally damaged. And some, suddenly last summer, of course, had, you know, it was filmed. So it was known then, and it was revived in the West End with um, Diana Rigg and Victoria... Um, oh God, I forget Victoria Hamilton. Ah. So it was around, but it's one of the ones I think you say you know, that people know less about. Def definitely, and that's one reason to come down and see both plays. Now, suddenly last summer is a, it's a more darker play really than oh, uh, yeah. something unspoken. Uh, and as you say, it was made into a film as well. Um, the film starred Elizabeth Taylor and Montgomery Cliff, of course. Um, yeah. So it's. There's a connection from from what I've read. There's a connection, a definite connection between the two, uh, which is a slightly hidden um, connection, especially in the first one uh, regarding the, the two ladies, um, which uh, I am sure will be revealed on the night. Um, but uh, both very, very I, from what I've read, they are very interesting plays, and I've not seen them before, and I can't wait. Well, that's, uh, that's great because I mean, hopefully, you'll do what I say. Well, I hope. Quite a lot of the audience go out and say, well, yeah, was she, wasn't she? What happened? Was Is she telling the truth in Sunday yeah. last summer? And that's the last line of the play, you see. Um, you've got to make up your own minds. Definitely. Really. Um, it's Yeah, you're right. It's absolutely dark. If you know the short novel Heart of Darkness, um, which is Apocalypse Now in the, in a, in a film, it's... Yeah, the, all right, the animal in man. I know that sounds a cliche, but the savagery underneath the civilised veneer. Um, and that's really its theme, as well as, of course, damaged women, because Tennessee Williams himself um, had a sister 
who was mentally, should we say, um, difficult, and he actually sanctioned an, a lobotomy on her. And I think he's working that out as well because lobotomy, possible lobotomy, is there in the play. Yes, yeah. And but you don't know, you see. That's the point. And I hope people do go out saying, well, no, she was all a bunch of lies or she's all in her mind. And I think with the set and the lighting, we hopefully suggest that anyway. It's not a clear-cut answer when you leave the theatre. It's definitely going to be one of those plays where people walk away from it and there's a discussion point with absolutely, the people. Yeah. So, um... Absolutely, I wish we were having a sort of talk back, really. Because mm. even amongst the cast, we've been arguing and discussing. Uh, yeah, it's been, very, therefore, very interesting to work on. And there are some great performances in it as well. So, yeah, it's been a good journey. Yes. Now, 1959, sorry, 1959 was uh, when the film was made. And it was classed as a gothic um, film, wasn't it, when, yeah. when it was first released? Which straight away gives you um, an image of something, well, very dark, really, in there. And as I said, from what I've read, there is a lot of darkness uh, in, in that. And there's also a lot of symbolism um, between oh, yes, um, yes, yes. Sebastian, the, the, the son, uh, and, and his garden, which, I mean, reading through it, it was very interesting to uh, sort of work out just in my mind, even before seeing the play. Um, it's really got the juices going um, to, you know, to find out and discover this symbolism and the darkness and everything. Um, it, it looks like it's going to be a good week at the Lace Market Theatre. Um, I, 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 I think, think it is. It's, it is cerebral. Um, and you're right, you have to listen to it, really, because how much of the symbolism do you pick up? The birds chirping at particular moments, um, the famous Venus flytrap. I mean, it's all there. I mean, it's a sort of metaphor for the theme of the play. You know, trapping, you know, the Venus flytrap gets um, flies and devours them. And it's that sort of theme of the play. And yeah, oh, yes, I mean, you could. One of the things that you would study as much as anything and listen, because the words are just great and I think they're beautiful and it's rhythms, which I think we've got, are really very, very good. But yeah, yeah it's also sort of Lord of the Fliesy as well, you know, sort of, yeah. you know, it's not far beneath us that there is this savage in humankind, not in everybody, of course. But yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, you do the more you listen to it, the more you'll get out of it. I think. Um, and yes, it's also gothic in a sense. And not yeah, we've done it, gone for the vegetation and, and the, the sort of leafage and everything around. But he does say that they enter from a gothic mansion, so that's where the film comes from. I haven't seen the film, but I should watch it later. I think. Yes, I, I've not seen it either, and I obviously I knew about it, but I thought I want this at the Lace Market Theatre to be my first sort of meeting with it. And then, then I'll go back and have a look at the film just to see how it compares um, with it. So now that I know that the Lace Market Theatre probably got one of the best collections of costumes uh, and with both plays being period pieces, I imagine that the costumes uh, for all the actors uh, are going to be a little bit warm on stage be be because right, of the way that... That's um, worry, yes. Yeah. Max has done a great job. The costumes look great. But yeah, I think um, <clears throat> in a production of, I think it was Cat on a Hot Tin Roof I saw in Leeds, they actually had steam coming out you know, across the stage. And I don't, we've not been able to do that, although who knows, the lighting person may have devised it by now. But one of my 
main directions to them all. Remember, it is blazing hot. And, of course, the joke is that it will be anyway, because um, it will be a hot night, although I think the weather's going to change. But, nevertheless, um, we try to get over the heat in which you react. and People react very differently, as we find out this week, to heat waves, and it's too hot. And it makes me bad-tempered or <laughs> withdrawn or whatever. So yeah, um, and they will be costumed as for the uh, night. You know, it's set in the 19, late 1930s. So they will be. And of course, when they come visiting, you don't go visiting in posh areas without looking posh yourself. Mm. So yeah, um, I think I think that will work. You know, um, again, we, we've got fans and things like that, and. Yeah, we hope so. But there is shade, shade as well on the set, so we hope that we can convey the heat, not only metaphorically but literally. Yes, and as I said right at the beginning, Tennessee Williams known for that that sort of deep southern uh, feel, which everyone knows is just so steamy and humid and everything. And I, I, that's going to come across on stage. I saw, um, I think it was Cat on a Hot Tin Roof at the Lace Market Theatre uh, a while ago. And I can remember just sort of sitting there and really getting from the stage the the heat the you know the the southern sort of atmosphere and um his plays are just so good at um sort of telling people uh, and explaining uh, sort of you know sort of the whole atmosphere behind the play uh, which is always hot and steamy isn't it oh yeah absolutely you know um, and again, he's a very visual playwright. Mm. Um, and I'd just uh, be interested to know how people pick up, like, all the furniture is white. And two of the main suits are white in the play as well. He's, you know, I just, you feel the audience won't get that. But if they get some of it, that would be great. And there's a lot to get. I mean, it's one of those I hope people will say, well, I'll go and see that again. Mm. I think I missed this bit. It's interested me. And... That's the attraction of the play, and and also you're absolutely right. It is. He wrote this in the fifties, so, and he wrote his other, you know, Streetcar and Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Glass Menagerie in the forties. So he, he's sort of reworking themes, I think. Um, and these are, I mean, there are plays that have long forgotten, like um, Small Craft Warnings, View Cadet, that the Playhouse have done, um, but they sort of disappeared, and this one hasn't. Marks, I'm, I'm glad it hasn't. So we can yeah. go down and see both plays, something unspoken. Yeah, you get last two summer. for the price of one, really. Marvellous. Um, and it, it, not a, it should finish at quarter to ten. So. Oh, wonderful. Is it, it's in the auditorium, isn't it? The main. Yes, yeah, in the yes. auditorium. Yeah. So it'll it will be, be air, and it will be air conditioned. That's what I was just getting to. Uh, it's going to be yeah. lovely and cool in there, so you can relax and see uh, this hot, steamy um, play set of plays down there and uh, such a lot to get uh, out of them as well something unspoken suddenly last summer it's on from monday tomorrow the 26th of june to the 1st of july uh tickets are between 10 and 13 pounds where can we get the tickets from gordon uh, so this is a good question now just simply um this is one of the sad well the way the world is now simply go to the website where it says tickets and you click and you then click on that or alternatively as we're now in the last week, you can just turn up. There will be, except for some nights, there, you know, certainly Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday aren't massively well booked. They're okay, you know. So the simple thing is just turn up. 
you know, you will not be turned away. Brilliant stuff. And uh, it, it's, it's going to be a great week because they are... Uh, it's going to be an interesting week, yes, certainly. It, it yeah. really is. And, and enjoyable, I think. People are... Or those who've seen it in rehearsal say, well, these are the best performances I've seen. And also, I'd just like to... You know, the, a lot of the cast are known to me. That's for the Lace Market Theatre. You know, it's some of them, for one, it's, particularly it's the first time on stage. Oh, right. And right. I hope that doesn't show. What, what a way to sort of break your duck on stage with the Lace Market exactly. Theatre. Yeah. Appearing in Tennessee Williams' play. Gordon, yeah. it's been absolutely wonderful to speak to you. Um, the, I, I'm so looking forward coming down and seeing these plays because as I said I've not seen them before and I do like Tennessee Williams he's, uh, oh, well, he's got a, half the battle, I think. exactly yeah. he's got a style about him and mm. uh, I think it's something that everybody should uh, should go down and see um, so right, great yeah lovely to speak to you and, uh, and and we'll see you down there next week yes okay we'll be there yes cheers Gordon in the background yeah. <laughs> have a wonderful weekend we'll see you down there thanks. on Monday thanks very much Kev cheers thanks. Gordon did you know that Nottingham Hospital Radio is a registered charity? As a result, we rely on people like you to donate to it. All our members are committed volunteers who run the service for the benefit and entertainment of the patients in the Queen's Medical Centre and City Hospitals. Research has shown that listening to hospital radio can positively benefit a patient's recovery, and we think it's a very worthwhile thing to do. Donating to NHR is easy and rewarding, so please log on to nhradio.org.uk and go to the donate page. That's nhradio.org.uk slash donate. You'll be glad you did, and thank you. Thank you.